Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone, and hello to my beautiful wife, and thank you for all of those great listeners out there tuning in to us today or listening to us on the podcast later. So I think this is a great topic today. Today, we're going to be talking about defusing pent-up energy, and I think we can all relate to this right after this pandemic situation. You know, I, like a lot of other people, like to get out, uh, you know, and exert some of that pent up energy and go places and do things. And, you know, we've all been pent up for a long period of time. So I can imagine, you know, I I think we kind of can identify with this pent up energy. So I think it'd be the same as uh, now we can kind of relate to why the cats have it. They're inside all the time. Yeah, and and probably... And it's it's m- more of an issue from that for them, you know, for them, their their lives, other than us being home all the time, haven't changed a lot with COVID. So it's not like their source of pent up energy is being cooped up for just this past 18 months. You know, this is something they have to deal with daily. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a little bit of allergies today, so I apologize for the groggy throat and running nose <laughs> but cats <laughs> okay. are used to, I think we all have that they're, they're used, we all have that it's that time of year right <laughs> it's that time of year right um, cats are used to hunting six hours a day they spend hunting and they have a, a natural rhythm a routine cycle that, that goes like this it's hunt, catch, kill, eat groom, sleep and that's repeated over and over throughout the day But when we keep them indoors, we really interrupt that cycle that's repeating throughout the day. And there's no outlet for that hunting energy that they have. So what does it look like? What what does pinned-up energy look like uh, in the behavior of a cat? Well, it could be a variety of things. Um, A lot of times it's sudden aggression to the owner. Um, it can also be cat to cat aggression, you know, think of it like a, like a pressure cooker and that it just builds up pressure, builds up pressure, builds up pressure. And you can't see anything externally until the top blows off that thing. It's a lot like that. It can be destruction. Um, it can be strange behaviors like, you know, obsessive compulsive impulsive type things like over grooming or suckling on their tail or or foot or paw um they can have zippies you know and all of a sudden just tear across the house from one end to the other <laughs> we've seen pico do that <laughs> we see him do that a lot <laughs> yeah and it, it can be odd behaviors like suddenly climbing the bookshelves you know when when they didn't do it before it can be all all kinds of of things 
those are certainly behaviors you'd want to stop for sure. <laughs> I can see that. And, and anybody that's seeing their cat climb the bookshelf for sure. So it sounds like simple answer would be just to let them outside and hunt, right? Well, yes and no. I mean, for the same reasons we don't let Pico out, you wouldn't want to encourage people to let their cats out. They can get, you know, in in our case, eaten by coyotes is the is probably the the likely thing that happens if he gets out. But they can also get hit by cars. They can pick up diseases from other cats and and you know the environment. Uh, um, they can they can be injured, you know. They can easily get injuries out there, and and not just by dogs, you know. Cat territorial fights as your cat gets outside, and he's not familiar with whose turf is whose, and walks right into to Tom's backyard or something, and gets his ass kicked, and comes home all beat up. And you know, or worse yet, they get scared by that incident, and they don't come home at all. You know, the average lifespan for an outdoor cat is eight years versus 16 for indoors. And I, and I think that tells the story. I mean, it's like, yes, you can let your cat outside. And yes, part of that's going to be good enrichment. But then you're also cutting their lifespan in, in half, which is not something we want to do. And there are better answers. Yeah, you know, I, some people aren't going to like what I'm about to say. But you know, we could just go get some mice and let them loose in the house, right? <laughs> well, that could probably work, but not something that most cat owners are willing to do. <laughs> well, not only that, but geez, just think about it. I think I think more likely might be the scenario where you go get a mouse, where you, the story you told me once before where you had a hamster or something and a big ball that rolled around the floor and the cat would go after it. The, the, neither one of them got hurt uh, in that regard. Does that work? Yeah, but, it, well, the problem with that is there's no kill bite, right? Uh-huh. So they chase, it's kind of like laser chase, you know, they can chase the little mouse around in the in the clear ball and and probably because they're smelling the mouse in there and, and, you know, that's all fun and good for them, for the cat and, and the mouse, by the way. I know it sounds horrible for the mouse, but when I did that, my pet mouse, she loved the cat. She would go running towards the cat in the ball. She didn't run away from the cat. They had fun together. And it's not like the cat whacked the ball and, you know, sent her tumbling or anything. He just followed her around the house. But but there's no kill bite in that. So, yeah. So that, that goes back to, yeah, that goes back to what I think I've heard you say quite a bit of time in the past is it's time for the prey play twice a day, right? Yep, that's certainly one component to releasing pent-up feline energy. And and it has to be good prey play, like a hunting play session. And there's a there's a technique to it, you know. Uh, so many times I, I go into people's homes and they go, oh, well, they don't like playing with the wand toys anymore. And I go, well, part of that is because you leave them out on the floor. You know, you don't put them up. They have to be special for the cat. They come out only at hunting time. Otherwise, you know, it's boring. It'd be like mice all around the floor all the time. The cat would eventually go, meh, I don't care about it. So, you know, timing of a session is very important too. It's not only having a good technique of making that toy actually act like prey, which means 
drag it out of sight around the corner of the couch. And then when the cat first catches it, move it like it's wounded prey, you know, kind of in little herky-jerky motions and tug slightly as if it's prey trying to get away, you know, and, and, you can and that allow with, that kill bite. Yeah, and you can do that with the rhythmic music. Herky-jerky rhythmic music. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could, but not. <laughs> but timing of the session is important because remember, you know, the natural rhythm of the cat, the hunt, catch, kill, eat, groom, sleep. So the prey play is the hunt, catch, kill part. So it should ideally happen right before a meal because that way you get out, you know, that energy. All right, I've stalked, I've pounced, I've, I've kill biting it over and over again, and now I get a meal. That satisfies a cat much more so than just randomly prey playing or and certainly than prey playing after dinner on a full stomach. It's going to be much harder to engage the cat at that time. And these sessions don't need to be long. You know, cats don't hunt for long periods of time like dogs do. You know, dogs will trace a rabbit for hours. But a cat is an opportunist, opportunistic hunter and will pounce and exert a little bit of energy for a meal. If it becomes too difficult, the cat will just give up and wait for the next opportunity. So that natural instinct in the cat means that you only have to pray play for about 10 or 15 minutes. So it's not asking a lot. What if uh, someone is free feeding dry food? <laughs> yeah, that makes it uh, more difficult to time prey play correctly. And, you know, if it were me, I think they should be fired as a cat parent whereas they shouldn't be free feeding dry food. You know, dry food is, I think, one of the worst things that you can do for your cat if you're feeding it primarily. I mean, there's other, you can feed them tiny bits of dry food in, in ways, but you shouldn't be free feeding dry food. There's nothing natural about it at all. Nothing natural about a cat having a constant food source available 24-7. There's nothing natural about that dry, crunchy kibble that you're feeding it. it. It doesn't mimic anything that they would eat in the wild. It's dehydrating them, and I could go on and on for another hour, but we already have a podcast about that. And if you've listened to it, you know that you should feed you, be feeding your cat moist food, canned food, raw food, something along those lines. And you should be feeding in small, frequent meals. Because in the wild, your cat is going to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day. So when we feed our cat two times a day, that's like us eating every second or third day. Meals like that are great for dogs, but cats have to snack. They have little tiny tummies and, you know, they, they need snacks throughout the day. So I'm not saying you should feed your cat 10 or 20 times a day, all right? Four will work. And... I recommend, you know, about 30 minutes after you get up. So a prey play session in the morning, right before your morning feeding is a really good idea. And then I, I suggest you feed them lunch at like 1230 or one. And then again, feed them a little happy hour hors d'oeuvre at 530 or six, and then feed them their final meal right before you go to bed. And that's the other really good prey play time of the day, I think. And that's because, you know, cats are not nocturnal, by the way. They're crepuscular, which means 
that they like to hunt more because they see better at dawn and dusk. So if you work those prey play sessions around the natural rhythm of a cat, then you're going to be releasing a lot of that pent-up energy. So there's a lot more to stimulating uh, the hunt sequence, right? Uh, other other than just leaving toys out or flipping a wand toy in their face. I know I tried recently to take my small fishing pole and put a little feather toy on on that, and I flipped it around for Pico, and he he enjoyed that pretty good. And it was a lot of fun for me, too. That was I good. I got some practice in flipping my little <laughs> pole and little spots and, you know, doing all that. <laughs> so if I ever get it strung again, uh, I will try to do that some more. But uh, what are some other activities we can do to burn off pent-up energy? Well, one of the things, th- this is where your dry food comes in, all right? Food puzzles. You know, food puzzles are great for cats because it you put them in, put the dry food, I say put about two tablespoons of dry food in a food puzzle. Now, a food puzzle can be commercially bought. I sell two that I like on, on the Cat Behavior Solutions store. One is a ball, kind of like that little mouse ball I used to have, where you open it up and you put the dry food in and then it, it has little holes that falls out and the cats bat that around. The other is a fishbowl type. It doesn't flip over, although I have seen some cats flip it over, but typically it doesn't flip over. And the cat reaches in with its paw and pulls out the dry food. So that is two problems the cat has to solve differently. And they're not expensive. Um, You can go on the store and check it out. It's catbehaviorsolutions.org. But you can... Make your own. I mean, it's really easy. You can get a go to garage sale and get a a muffin pan, and you put a you know a couple, maybe three of the muffin pans full of not full, but a few treats or and or dry food, and then get something like business card material like that weight and put it on top of each muffin hole and then the cat has to pull those back and figure out which holes the treats are in you can use you know toilet paper roll cores and make a hole in them and fold up the ends and put treats in and if you just if you just google diy cat food puzzles you'll you'll see a ton of them there's a great one that's got a, a wine box where you put the wine box on its side and you put treats in there there there's some there's some awesome ones but i recommend that you put them out at night and that you start you know with them in the proximity of where the cat eats so that he gets used to it another one that that i like that i had to do with tabasco because i i put the fishbowl one out and tabasco looked at it and could not figure it out so i took an empty cracker box and put the treats in the cracker box and turned it on its side. And that actually got his brain engaged to, oh, I can reach in and get it. And then once he got that reach in and get it, then he was able to instantly use the the fishbowl. So put them out in, in places where, you know, it's out in the open. And then start to hide them. Hide them kind of close to the food area at first. And then in more difficult places. They'll figure it out and, and pick up on that. 
And uh, and that's very good because and and the reason that is releasing pent up energy is because it's it simulates hunting. They've got to find it, and then they've got some mental stimulation of how to how to catch it, how to get it out. So food puzzles. Wow, you know we haven't been doing that with Pico lately. I probably probably yeah. we should start that, huh? I would think. Yeah, uh, we should. I think we need to put them back out again at night. We do. When yeah, we have what? a timer, you know, so we we have a food timer that goes off in the middle of the night, which helps to bridge that gap between that, you know, 1030 or 11 o'clock meal and 730 in the morning meal, because that's a long time really for a cat to go without eating. So we put freeze dried raw food in a timer that goes off in the middle about 3 a.m. So, and and if anybody wants a link to that timer, just email me, molly at cattalkradio.com, and I'll be happy to send it to you. What about clicker training? That seems to be something you always say is mentally stimulating. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to suggest that next, actually. It's, a, it's an excellent way to engage a cat's mind productively. And, and you can teach really good behaviors. I mean, it's not just, you know, for them to, to be challenged, but you can teach things like go to mat. And you use that when a cat is acting out or look at me. It's something we teach when we're introducing two cats or two cats are, are getting aggressive or fighting. If you've cued that cat to look, look at me, you call its name and it turns its head and looks at you that breaks that tension between the cats and or you know it it redirects whatever that's cat's attention is on if the cat's getting ready to jump up on the kitchen counter where you know you're preparing dinner you say go to mat and toss it a treat once it does and it diffuses that that thought pattern of I want to do that bad thing. So you can clicker train them, you know, really great things. I just got back from feeding our neighbor's cats. They're on vacation and and they have a cat that was a um, really a feral, very unsocial cat, an adult when they adopted it many years ago at this point. Well, I started clicker training as I was cat sitting several years ago and he was so excited to see me that one of the latest tricks, I'm, I'm running out of things to teach him, and I, I sit down on the bottom step leading up into the kitchen, and I stretch my legs out, and I've taught him to jump over my legs and then back over. Well, I sat down. I didn't quite have the treats out and stuck my legs out, and he's hopping back and forth, jumping over and over and over. He was so excited to do his clicker training. It was it was very, very, very funny. So they love it. I mean, to you know, a, a cat... Um, is a is contra freeloading species, which means that they would rather work for a meal than have it freely handed out. So clicker training is absolutely something that you should do with your cat. But don't they just ignore your request when they have their own mindset on doing something different? I mean, cats are cats, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's why the reinforcer part of clicker training is so important. If you're not using a treat that they really, really, really want and, at, and timing also is important, 
if they're not hungry, which is why you don't free feed, because then the cat's never hungry, which is not natural for a cat. A cat goes hungry a lot, so there should be hunger between meals. Um, So, you know, when you clicker train, you ideally want to do that before a meal. You know, maybe if you're prey playing twice a day, morning meal and evening meal, then you take the evening opportunity to do some clicker training at that time. But that reinforcer is really important. It can't be the treat, you know, can't be their temptations treat that they're used to getting and they get all the time. Try like deli turkey. That's what I get. I go get shaved turkey and well, he hears I, I, I get a bunch of it and then I, I put like two slices in a little Ziploc snack pack bag and I freeze it. And then I just pull a little bag out of the freezer and put it in the refrigerator to thaw for when we do clicker training. And he knows that's the only time he gets his turkey is when, when we're working. And Pico, he now knows he knows how to sit up. Up means just sit up. Walk means he stands up on his back legs and stretches straight up and walks like a person on his back two legs. And he's getting, he's really good at it. He can walk four or five feet like that. Um, Of course, he knows how to high five, low five. He gives me fist bumps. He knows how to spin. He comes when called. There's all kinds of things. Jumps over through hoops and he jumps over my arm. And, um, you know, you, you can train them anything <laughs> that you want. And it, and it takes practice. One of the keys, too, is you want to pick one behavior, start with one behavior that your cat just has a natural propensity for. So if your cat uses its paw a lot and reaches out to your hand, well, teach it high five first and get that mastered before you go on to another behavior. Because otherwise, they'll, they'll get confused so frequency practice timing all of that is is very very important and choosing the right reinforcer of course wow that's a lot are there other ways to diffuse pinned up energy yeah in addition to what we said we said you know feed meals instead of free feeding that in itself it, it really goes a long way um, use food puzzles, pray play, clicker training. Make sure that your home isn't stressing out the cat. You know, anytime people have TV up really loud or music blaring or things like that, cat's ears are very sensitive. So low music. Make sure you have stability and routine in the cat's environment. If you have a nervous cat, you know, give it hiding places. Make sure it's got you know, little cubbies to hide in throughout the house, in every room at least, give them high places to climb up so that when your cat decides it's had enough of you and it needs a timeout, it can get up away from arm's reach. And if you don't have a place where you can drill holes in the wall and build climbing shelves and beds, then get a tall cat tree and make that home base. The rule is whenever that cat is on that cat tree, nobody touches it. So it has a safe place to go. Um, Catnip and silver vine, you know, and other enriching scents. And be careful because cats, cats' noses are extremely sensitive as, as well are their lungs. So make sure that the scents that you're using are actually safe for cats. Uh, Catnip and silver vine are good. Um, You know, we have a little tiny disco ball in, in one window and I have a little crystal in another window and the disco ball when the sun sets 
it it comes in that window and hits that that mirrored little disco ball. It's probably about four or five inches in diameter. You can get them on Amazon. And I just go over and give it a little spin. And he chases those little light reflectants all over the room. And then the crystal's hanging in an east side window. So in the morning, sun comes in that window and hits it. And it makes little rainbow sparks everywhere. And he he chases that. Um Cat TV, that's a that's a good one, especially as you're leaving the home. Just go to YouTube and and search Cat TV, and you'll see that there's hours of birds chirping and hopping around and squirrels and things like that. Obviously, harness and leash training. You know, go for little walks in the yard. I mean, cats aren't like dogs; they're not going to want to walk forever, but they like to go out in the yard and explore. And if you have them on a leash, that's safe. And then we have a stroller too. So not only do we take Pico out on his harness and leash, but we put him in the stroller and we go on longer walks that way. And if we're out like working in the garage, we have him on his harness and leash with a, a longer leash so that he can hang out with us and explore the garage and outside the garage, you know, in, in a safe distance. You know, and if they're comfortable, especially if you have a kitten, start them out, you know, short rides in the car. We take Pico all the time to the dump and if you're going to pick up your prescription or dry cleaning or something where you're not leaving the cat in the car alone for any period of time, all of those things are, are good enriching, energy-releasing mental stimulation activities. What about people coming over to visit? Is that a good st- stimulation? I mean, it's more activity, more well, people. Well, it can or... be. It depends on it. It depends on the cat. You know, for Pico. Yeah, he very much likes to greet people. I mean, he as soon as he hears that doorbell or the door open, he runs to see who it is and he jumps up and headbutts him. He's he he does more than just rubs against your legs. He likes to pop up on his front legs and like headbutt, you know, your thigh. And in my mom's case, it ends up being her butt. It's very, very funny. Um, so he loves to <laughs> run and scent people. You know, but other cats may have had some trauma related around people and not, you know, not be trusting of people. And they may be more shy to strangers or more likely to stress them out. Um, but if you want your cat to get used to strangers, which is a great thing all the way around, teach your guests how to pray play with them and give them treats. Have your guests start, you know, your clicker training routine when they're there visiting. I mean, you know, it's like what we would call counter conditioning. And um, so, you know, you want to associate the cat with good things and the scary stimulus, which is the stranger or the guest coming in the home. So, yeah, have your have your friends come over and quietly, one at a time, you know, give them treats. You know, and that's another one, uh, the tree toss thing. I'd like to do that with Pico myself because, you know, it, yeah. it, and, and I've seen you uh, advise that to someone else. And, and it sounded like uh, they actually lost some weight. Uh, the kitty was getting um, overweight and you recommended doing some tree toss instead of just giving them treats. Toss them to them have them come back to you and toss yeah. them again and it's kind of like a little workout and and they'll do it 
Mm-hmm. Well, and it and it's very much like a hunting sequence because the treat's moving, so you know they're having to go chase it down and and catch it, and then then they get rewarded by eating it, and you know tossing it into a box or a bag, get a paper bag and lay a paper bag on its side and toss a treat into the bag or a basket. We recently got uh, Pico a new basket that's just adorable. It's shaped like a cat head and um, I'll toss treats into the basket and he'll go diving into the, into the basket for it. It's uh, it's very cute. So yeah, it's a good one. Treat toss is fun. Yeah. I like that too. So um, it sounds like what you're saying to cat parents here, uh, it might feel a little bit overwhelming based on everything that you're talking about. Cause you're asking them to stop free feeding dry food you feed four times a day instead of probably most people feed three or two. Pray play twice a day. Clicker train. Um, put out food puzzles, you know, and it sounds like you're talking about buying cat trees and or building climbing shelves. Harness your cat, you know, get a stroller and take it out for rides. This all seems like uh, a little overwhelming, but at the same time, it sounds like it's a helicopter cat parenting scenario you're advising. <laughs> We did. We just did a podcast on helicopter cat parenting, and and no, it's not exactly like that. This is this is basic meeting cats' needs, and cats' needs are misunderstood. You know, people adopt cats a lot of times thinking that they're less maintenance than dogs, but they're not. You know, and and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably either having issues with your cat's behavior, or you want to find out ways to make your cats happier. So either way, there's work involved. There's no magic cat behavior wand. And, you know, I ask for one every Christmas. People go, what do you want for Christmas? And I go, I want that magic cat behavior wand so I can just go poof and everything is fixed. But I haven't found that yet. But <laughs> And remember, you know, things like aggression are are serious. That's That's a serious behavior problem and complicated a lot of times and hard to fix with cats. Um, a cat needs to hunt. It absolutely needs it. It is a, you know, it is so deeply rooted into the being of that cat. It needs to hunt. And cat's eyesight is very keen when it comes to sense of movement. And if it never sees anything moving but you, then you become prey. So, You've got to pray play. You've you've got to do things like that. And and you know, if a cat is acting out aggressively to you, and a lot of that may be because you're not releasing the cat's pent up energy, and you know, a lot of people tend to punish a cat for that. You know, like ow, and you know, spank it or you know, push it away or something like that. Well, then you're just confusing the cat further because now you know, now you're unpredictable and you're scary. So punishment doesn't really work either. And we have a podcast about what punishment does work. But but aggressive behavior is is um, is a problem, and, and it happens a lot because of pent-up energy. You know, yes, that, and injuries are not something you want to mess with. So pent-up energy leads to aggression. Then get those wand toys out like you've talked about. That yeah. That is just the best way. I think, you know, out of everything I've ever heard you say over all the podcasts, get out the wand toy, don't feed dry food, you know, and I think if you just keep those kind of 
things, basic things up, I think you're going to see a difference in your cat. Well, so folks, that wraps up our podcast for today. Let me ask you a favor, though. If any of you listening today have learned something from one of our podcasts or care about the the plague shelters, um, you know, I would say consider sending us a gratuity donation so we could help that situation. Um, it's super easy. Just go to our store at Cat Behavior Solutions website. Scroll down past the products to the bottom. There are donation buttons and amounts you can add to your cart and then just check out. Yep, and go ahead and pick up some toys for your cat while you're there. We've got great wand toys, food puzzles. We've got super long catnip bags that they love to grab and bunny kick. All of that is super enrichment for your cat and free shipping for orders over $49. Be sure to go out and like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, check out my blog on the website. I post a lot of stuff there. Um, And this is an all-volunteer-based podcast to help you take better care of your cat increase the bond between the two of you and reduce any behavior problems that you have because behavior problems lead to cats being surrendered to shelters. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is the number one cause is of the death number in cats. one cause of death in cats. <laughs> so until next time, everybody keep calm and purr on. Goodbye everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 